Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the podcast. We've got another special bonus episode. Bonus episode. So today we are actually switching gears. Our bonus episodes so far have been in the my favorite movie category where we've gone to some distilleries, talked to their owners and CEOs about their favorite film and their product. But today, Brad and I want to get back into talking about movies. You know, every week we bring you one movie, but there's just going to be some films that we never really get around to talking about. And some of them are like our favorites. Yeah. And one category that I think is always going to be underrepresented on these lists are the comedy. Dude, comedies are so unfairly represented. Oh, for sure. But they're they're literally some of America's, as a whole, most favorite movies. Absolutely. So Brad and I got this concept that we're going to start a new theme for our bonus episodes. And instead of doing my favorite movie, we're going to be doing our top fives. So what we're going to do is we'll have a topic. Brad and I, independently of each other, will develop a list of our top five blank. We'll comprise our top five movies of that topic, and we'll kind of go back and forth. We'll debate a little bit. And I, you know, what we're doing is we're going into this blind. So our topic for today is the top five comedies since the year 2000. We limited it to the 2000s because there's just too many comedies. But we're going in blind, right, Brad? I mean, yeah. like, I have no idea what your list is. I have no idea what your list is. We did bring in an impartial third party to look over our lists and tell us whether we had overlap. But we don't. I mean, our lists are completely separate from each other. See, you say impartial, but... I think she likes me better than she likes you. I think that's not true because it's my wife. I don't know about that. I'll have to ask her about it. <laughs> You're not she making said, my wife look good on the podcast. She told man. me that she likes my top five better than your top five. Oh, uh, okay. Sure. So. <laughs> so while we're going over our top five list, we thought this would be a good time to bring out some of the more craft distiller type whiskeys that we've been drinking. So when, you know, when we're doing the regular episodes, we like to review whiskeys that everyone can go to the liquor store and buy a bottle your of. Your Tullamore Dew, your Elijah Craig, your Monkey Shoulder. Absolutely. But today, we're actually reviewing a whiskey from... This is Cedar Ridge. Iowa bourbon whiskey. Cedar Ridge. Uh, small batch bourbon. It is 80 proof. Uh, Brad, what can you tell me about Cedar Ridge? Uh, so it's located just outside of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I am picking up on the nose of this. It. I don't know how else to explain it. It smells like Jolly Ranchers to me. Ooh, like I like the green apple, the strawberry yeah. and the cherry Jolly Rancher. It is so fruity. You know, we've picked up green apple on some uh, some whiskeys before. Tons of, of fruit notes on this. Uh, why don't we give it a taste? Let's have at it. Oh, I don't taste a lot of fruit on it, but I will say it's a very bright bourbon. Yeah. I, and I think that's the reason I liked it so much. If you've listened to the podcast, you know, I really like my Irish whiskeys. Mm hmm. That because they're just a little bit more of a bright, clean feel to them. Yeah, and this reminds me of that. Yeah, it doesn't have those really dark notes you get from a more aged bourbon. You know, I'm thinking especially of the Elijah Craig, which you did not respond greatly to because right. I mean it had so much smoke and intensity behind it. This is a really easy sipper. Mm -hmm. Big fan. Yeah, I like it. Big big fan. So thank you to Cedar Ridge. We're going to continue to sip on this as we get into our top five comedies of the 2000s. Now, Brad and I were kicking around this idea, and we decided that we should lay down some guidelines. What's life without a few rules? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, when you start talking about comedies, you know, you, you guys, some of the, the older folks 
above the age of 18 that listen to this podcast <laughs> will remember what it was like to go into a blockbuster and to go to the comedy section. Everything could be labeled a comedy. I mean, if it was in any way a lighthearted type of movie, it was a comedy. That isn't necessarily what we're going for today. Right. Like, we want a movie that made us laugh. Well, yeah, so Bob has his rules on what a comedy is going to be. My rule is, did it make me laugh? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the only rule I have. How hard did I laugh at this movie? But we did set a couple guidelines, because I do think that you can have a really funny movie that is ultimately a drama that had humor with it. So I'm thinking, you know, the, I'll get to this, but I actually had to eliminate some movies that, you know, on IMDb are listed as comedy, because in my mind, they're more drama than they are comedy. What would be an example of something you got rid of? Yeah, so... um Little Miss Sunshine was a movie that I got rid of because, I mean, there's so much humor in it. But at the end of the day, I do think that movie is a drama. It's a family drama that just happens to have lots and lots of humor in it. So so this is the criteria that I laid down. Uh, Brad agreed to the terms. So <laughs> we, we said that the criteria should be one. It's allowed to have serious stuff in it, but that it should primarily be a comedy. Agreed. And then number two, lighthearted does not necessarily mean comedy. Right. So like one of the movies that we talked about that I love dearly is Catch Me If You Can, mm -hmm. the Tom Hanks, Leonardo DiCaprio movie. I think that is like an almost perfect movie. And it's kind of movie you'd call like a romp, maybe. You know what I mean? Like it's it's very lighthearted. Um, it has heavy stuff in it, but it's an uplifting. You kind of bounce from one scene to the next. I still wouldn't call it a comedy. I, I don't think anybody would call it a comedy. You bring that up like people might think of it as a comedy. I would never in my in a million years think of that as a comedy. Listen, I don't know who categorizes the blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> it was a comedy, dude. Well, clearly, blockbuster was doing things right. Yeah, they're, 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 right, because they're still around today. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so for myself, I actually gave myself more more rules because if you know me, that's that's how I roll. I decided basically a movie had to be fifty percent or more comedy. Like it couldn't be a, a mostly a drama. It had to be mostly a comedy. And I wanted to know like how much did this movie make me laugh in addition to just being a quality movie. I, it's curious because you gave me these rules after I chose my top five. Did you really? And there's one on here that I'm a little curious what you'll think. Okay. Well, why don't we get into it? I'm really excited to start. So Brad, why don't you hit me with your number five comedy of the two thousands? Number five, uh, my fifth best movie of the 2000s is from the year 2004, Edgar Wright. Oh, man. Shaun of the Shaun Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead was one of my honorable mentions, and we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, it just missed my list. What a fantastic movie. Yeah. What What is it about Shaun of the Dead that, that makes it get on your list here? I think the big thing for me is the way Edgar Wright tells a story. Uh -huh. uh, Baby Driver is probably one of my favorite movies the last few years, and it's just... The way Edgar Wright tells a story is it just draws you into this almost zombie-like state where you're just following the main character through the movie. And, and Shaun of the Dead is the perfect example of this when uh, Simon Pegg, the main character, is going from his house to the grocery yes, store, right the at gas the station, right at the beginning. And, I, I'm, and it's been a while since I've seen this. But doesn't he make that trip once when everything's normal? Yeah, and, and then... then it flips and he yep. does the exact same trip again, but you start to see clues in the background. <laughs> but like even the camera focus is so the lens the is focused on Simon Pegg camera movements. And he's so distracted as a character that he doesn't notice that there's been a zombie apocalypse in the background. There's like crashed cars all over. It's it's so funny, though. It's so, it's morbid. It's funny. I Yeah. Top five for sure. Great pick. 
So I've noticed that with my top five films, they all kind of fell into a category and it made them really nice and easy to pick because not only are they in my top five, but like they represent a whole genre, basically. Was that genre called comedy? <laughs> so my number five movie. <laughs> number five. It fulfills the romantic comedy. Okay. Which was still a huge genre in the yeah, 2000s. Rom-com. I think this movie is is witty. Um, it goes into some really serious places, but it messes with the structure of your standard like linear movie. Yeah. Um, it jumps all over the place. But my number five is from 2009, celebrating its 10th anniversary this year, 500 Days of Summer. That's not a comedy. That's a com- Are you serious? That's not a comedy. I just don't see that as a comedy. Why not? I don't know. There's just something about that that... Is it a funny movie? No. Did you just not like the movie? Not very much. So... I think part of it is it's kind of like the Edgar Wright thing. It's the way that the director uses the structure of the movie to make jokes. So like Edgar Wright repeating scenes. It's also like Edgar Wright with his really fast pans of the camera. And you see the guys suiting up and it's really funny because they're like normal guys fighting zombies with 500 days of summer. It's using one day from the end of their relationship where he's super depressed and then jumping back in time and seeing him like the day after they first had sex walk out of the building and there's a huge musical number where they do hollow notes you make my dreams come true yeah and he like looks in the mirror and he sees han solo as his reflection like it's it's not just that there's like witty funny moments in the dialogue it's that the director is having such a fun time making you laugh with the structure of the movie but the movie is so depressing. I would say that I would still think that it is beyond that 50%. Like, it's more comedy than it is drama. Ooh. I don't know if I'd agree with you. What's your number four, Brad? Uh, so, number four would be an absolute classic. Ben Stiller. Uh-oh. 2001. Uh-oh. I know it's- Zoolander! I think Zoolander's hilarious. What's your favorite yeah. scene from Zoolander? Oh, man. My first favorite scene is the walk the underground walk-off with David Bowie announcing, because <laughs> why not have David Bowie in the movie? I everything about that scene yeah. just kills me. Yeah. The other scene that would would be when when Mugatu gets his his icy foam skim milk latte brought to him, <laughs> and just that that entire line that sequence just kills me every time. Well, when Maury told me what you were willing to do, I. <laughs> Are you not aware that I get farty and bloated with a foamy latte? My mistake, Jacobin. Your mistake indeed. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or the gasoline fight. The gasoline fight might be my favorite. It's so good. Because you've got like the wham, wake yep. me up before you go-go. And then you've got... The most underrated line in the whole movie, which is Derek Zoolander sees the Time magazine on top of a heap of trash. And it's like Derek Zoolander, colon, a model idiot, question mark. And the way he reads it is Derek Zoolander, a model idiot. Idiot. (laughs) Zoolander, Zoolander almost made my top five. And I'm kind of regretting not putting it in there because I think I erred on the side of like movies that made me laugh that were Mm -hmm. also quality flicks. Yeah. Zoolander might be in my top five favorite movies of all time. But it's not on this list? It's not on this list because part of it is because I took into consideration, like, how good is this movie as a movie? Yeah. And Zoolander's hilarious. Yeah. It's also, like, a six out of ten at best. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's... But what are you rating the movie on? Overall quality. If it 
accomplish the goal that it set out to do, wouldn't that raise its score? Though? Well, we had this this argument when we were doing our Anchorman episode. It was like yeah. it set out everything that it was intended to do, but it's just not a perfect movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're holding it up against like a some like it hot or something like yeah. that. And sometimes when you want to watch a comedy, like when when I'm stressed out and I just need to watch something and turn my brain off, I go to Zoolander. Quality like, doesn't necessarily. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm not looking for something that's going to make me think deeply about the human condition. Like like 500 Days of Summer. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Zoolander is a great pick. Yeah. My number four film, uh, I think, falls into this category of the raunchy comedy. Okay. Now, like the 2000s were huge for this because oh, you yeah. finally had like Judd Apatow breaking out. You had movies like The 40-Year-Old Virgin, uh, Superbad, Tropic yep. Thunder. I had to cut tons from this category because they almost all made my list. Tropic Thunder was my number eight. Was it really? Yeah. I actually cut The Hangover in favor of this movie, and I cut Zoolander. Really? Yeah. And I still don't know what to think because I've been on the fence. And I, you know what? I'm going to throw a curveball at you. All right. Tina Fey's Mean Girls. Because that is just the most clever movie Every single line of dialogue is hilarious in that movie. I love Mean Girls. I do too. And it has my heart. But the one that I actually wrote down for number four okay. is Adam McKay's 2008 comedy, Step Brothers. See, I've never seen Step Brothers. You've never seen Step Brothers? I've never seen Step Brothers. We got to watch it like tonight, dude. The dynamic between Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, Like they had already been together in Talladega Nights. And I think Talladega Nights is a funny movie. Right. I've never been as into it as other people have. It's, it's good. Step Brothers takes it to a new level of absurdity. Right. Because they're like literally playing grown man children. Yeah. They act like toddlers. And John C. Riley is one of my favorite supporting actors of the last 15 years. Yeah. He's a fantastic dramatic actor. Yes. And somehow still has the chops to do comedy at this level. Yeah. Um, I would quote quotes to you but you haven't seen Step Brothers. i haven't seen did we just become best friends <laughs> yep that's the only thing oh you, so you know one all right that's, that's good and that's only because of the gift all right brad what's your number three number three my third best comedy of the 2000s is a movie from 2000 joel and ethan cohen this is the one i'm worried about oh brother where oh, are brother thou? where are oh thou? interesting i you went the cohen route absolutely adore this movie it's a weird movie. It's a really, I mean, that's really the Coen brothers, movie. though. In general, yeah. The, but there's just so many funny lines from this movie yeah. that George Clooney is flawless at delivering. Oh, dude. Clooney's comic timing is, is super underrated. It's impeccable. The way that his character is very clearly uh, angling for something at all moments of the movie. Yeah. He just, he's just brilliant. Even at the very start of the movie, when they are jumping onto the rail car, when they're escaping... And he gets in there and he stands up and you see his little, you know, minions behind him trying mm -hmm. to jump on. And he stands up. And he goes, hello there, gentlemen. I would like to ask if any of you have ever apprenticed as a smithy or have any way of <laughs> lockpicking of any right, sort. Right, right. And you see the guy trying to, like, climb onto the, the rail car behind him. And he gets on. But then the third guy is like has his hands on and he falls. Yeah. And then the second guy falls. And then George Clooney just gets ripped <laughs> off. the tree. Flies out of frame. And then right after that, they have the whole line where he's like, well, who said that you're in charge? Yeah. And he's like, I'm voting for yours truly, pointing himself. And I, I still quote the, uh, I'm a Dapper Dan man. I can get the part from Bristol. It'll take two weeks. Here's your pomade. Two weeks? That don't do me no good. Here's Ford Auto Man's Bristol. Hold on now. I don't want this pomade. I want Dapper Dan. I don't care, Dapper Dan. I care Fop. Well, I don't want Fop, damn it. 
I'm a Dapper Dan man. Watch your language, young fella. This is a public market. Now, if you want Dapper Dan, I can order it for you. Have it in a couple of weeks. Well, hate this place a uh, geographical oddity. Two weeks from everywhere. It's a good listen, and and I think that my 500 Days of Summer kind of falls into this category of mm-hmm. like, it's the movie that's um, it's got like artistic merit to it too. Right. You know what I mean? I would probably say that Oh Brother Where Art Thou is the best movie of my top five. That's a good point. And I've actually got one of these coming up here right now. Uh, My number three, I don't know if you've seen this movie, but I struggled with placing this one on the list because it's a dark comedy. Okay. And I actually cut out the Coen brothers burn after reading to put this movie on here. Okay. It's got tons of like really cynical, mean spirited jokes to it. And if that's not your thing, then you're not going to find it funny. And it gets really dramatic. But my number three is actually Jason Reitman's film from 2011, Young Adult, with Charlize Theron. I'm going to be honest with you, Bob. I have never heard of Young Adult. It's really good. So the movie is basically about uh, Charlize Theron is like an unsuccessful. She's had some success, but she's like a floundering young adult novel writer. Okay. And she goes back to her hometown that she was like the queen of the high school. Right. And you realize that she's never grown up. Yeah. Like she still thinks that she's all that. Yeah. And the whole movie is like this really harsh lesson in her kind of growing up and finding out no one cares that you were cool in high school anymore. Yeah. But it's also her desperately trying to hang on to like she was with the the quarterback of the football team and now he's married and she's like trying to steal him away from his wife and things like that. Great, wholesome fun. Dude. Oh, yeah. It's a very (laughs) R-rated movie. Okay. Um, But. Again, it's one of those movies that if you're into cynical comedy, I think fans of like It's Always Sunny would really like this movie. Okay. And if that's not your thing, then you probably don't even laugh at this movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's the hard line to walk with this kind of comedy. Would you call 500 Days of Summer a dark comedy? No, because I don't think that the humor in it is like a cynical humor. Huh. You know what I mean? I think... We talked in our American Beauty episode about the cynicism of it. I think the humor in this comes from the same kind of place, but it's more like mean-spirited humor than anything. Mean towards the main character? Yeah, mean towards everybody. At the expense of everyone. (laughs) The audience. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. What's your number two, Brad? Number two. 2004's epic film, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Look, man, it's it's so hard to leave this off a top five list because it's just iconic. I got so angry that we had no overlap that that meant you didn't have Anchorman, the legend of Ron Burgundy on your list. Yeah, like it's hilarious, but it's also I think there's better movies out there. And so when you leave it open to interpretation, best comedy, is that just funniest movie or is that the best movie or is it some combination of those two things? I would I would lean towards what made you laugh the most. Hmm. And that's why I think when you, whenever you do any best of list, you're going to get personal bias in there. And so I, I, I just struggle with, I, I just think that if it made you laugh harder than another movie yeah. should be the main thing that makes you say. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why we have no overlap on our list. Yeah, I suppose so. What's your number two, Bob? My number two. You're going to really not like this one. <laughs> I can tell already. So I thought long and hard about what movies made me laugh and made me laugh a lot. And I think that if there's one kind of genre within comedy that we don't give a lot of credit to, it's the animated comedy. Yeah. Because we look at animated movies kind of like for what what else they're about instead of the comedy portion of it. But there's one movie that stuck out to me that was so heavily comedy, and it also fulfills the genre of the action comedy. Okay. So for a while, I was thinking like, oh, maybe I'll put Thor Ragnarok on there because that was hilarious. Yeah. But I think there's so much action that that one kind of toes the line. 
but there's one for me that it has a fantastic lead performance. This is an animated film. animated film. Okay, from the great Jack Black. Kung I'm talking about Kung Fu Panda. You know, I've only seen it once, and I don't remember it super well. It's it's the perfect Jack Black movie because like he's just going wild. Being it's it reminds me of Robin Williams in Aladdin because yeah. he's just being Jack Black. Yeah, and it worked for this character. Hmm. And the animation is beautiful. I do remember thinking that the animation was super well done. I think this is when DreamWorks really took a leap into being a competitor with Pixar. Yeah. Um, you know, Shrek was fine, but the animation is flawless. The action, like I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah. But there's something about being able to toe that line of great action and also absurd comedy. You right. know, the way that he defeats the villain at the end of the movie is by using like his fat belly. Yeah. And it just makes me giggle in a way that Patrick Starr from SpongeBob makes me giggle. Like <laughs> Kung Fu Panda is a hilarious movie. And I, I think that it's also a quality film. Right. And we have to give it credit for what it does as a comedy. Yeah. No, I'm I'm all about that. I, I don't know why you thought I would have issues with that. I don't know, man. That's an issues comedy. with everything else that I picked up. No, so that's far. an actual comedy. I love it. All right, Brad. We have come to it. Number your, one. Your number one comedy of the 2000s. Number one comedy of the 2000s. And I literally picked this purely because I don't think I have ever laughed at the movie theater as hard as I have watching this movie, The Hangover. Oh, dude, The Hangover. I, and and I will say, I actually just watched it again recently. It has held up very well for me. It holds up super well. It holds up super well. The thing for me is that I think it took comedy to a whole new level. Yeah. Kind of the way that early Adam McKay movies did, that sure. Anchorman did, that like those movies kind of defined a future generation. When you think about comedies over the last 10 years, because th this is the 10-year anniversary of, of The Hangover, they all, you can find almost all of their roots. Oh, they follow the blueprint of The Hangover. The I hangover. mean, you don't have Bridesmaids right. without The Hangover. Right. You don't have, uh, what was the one with LeBron uh, uh, and Amy Schumer? Trainwreck. Trainwreck. You don't have that Global without The bosses. Yep. Yeah, you don't have those movies if you don't have Hangover. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, I don't think any of them did it as well as Hangover did it. Yeah. I there There's just something about the way they interact as a group of four that is absolutely amazing. And we actually talked about this when we did the Great Escape episode. We mm. talked about, like, ensemble movies. Yeah. And granted, this is, you know, four people that are the main characters, not, you know, 10 to 12. Yep. But, like, they really have perfected the ensemble comedy. In this movie. Absolutely. And I just, I can't say enough about The Hangover. I, I think it's one of the funniest movies. Also one of the raunchiest movies. Oh my gosh. The end credits with all the Polaroids I, they find or whatever. I will say that turned me off to the movie. Hmm. That was like, like the beauty of The Hangover was that they were very, they were extremely raunchy, but they towed the line. It, yeah, yeah. It's like they knew where to, uh, we can't go there. Where to stop. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, but in the credits, we're going to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I actually didn't like that at all. Interesting. But the but the actual movie itself. That movie, I feel like they, they struck lightning in a bottle because, you know, Bradley Cooper had been on TV. He'd been in a few movies, but he hadn't become Bradley Cooper yet. And right. this movie made him Bradley Cooper. Well, and uh, Andy from The Office. Yep, yep. Ed Helms. Ed Helms. They caught him right at the right moment. I mean, Galifianakis had been doing his thing for, you know, 10, 12 years at that point. But he... He's such a unique comic talent that I feel like they'd never given him the project he needed to really shine. Right. And he's such a weirdo in this movie. Yeah. Hello. How about that ride in? I guess that's why they call it Sin City. <laughs> you guys might not know this, but I consider myself a bit of a loner. I tend to think of myself as a one-man wolf pack. 
But when my sister brought Doug home, I knew he was one of my own. And my wolf pack, it grew by one. So were there two of us, there were two of us in the wolf pack. I was alone first in the pack, and then Doug joined in later. And six months ago, when Doug introduced me to you guys, I thought, wait a second, could it be? And now I know for sure, I just added two more guys to my wolf pack. All right. All right. Four of us wolves running around the desert together in Las Vegas looking for strippers and cocaine. It's a great movie. Yeah. And, and it's I am not surprised at all that you picked that at number one. Yeah. So here's again, my criteria was movie that is undeniably funny coupled with great film. OK. And I think that, there, you know, there's a lot of movies that I've seen people make arguments for a movie like Groundhog Day with Bill Murray yeah. as this should be in a top 100 films of all time list because it's a it's a well-made film in addition to being a comedy. Yeah. And when I think of my top five comedies since the year 2000, there's one movie I is indisputable. It has an all-time comedic performance. It's got an Oscar-nominated director behind it, one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard. I'm talking about 2003's The School of Rock. Really? And I want you to think for a second about School of Rock because it's not, I mean, it's hilarious. It's a super funny movie. When you see Jack Black doing his thing at the front of the classroom, when he's singing his song about the legend of the rent. Yeah. Jack Black creates a character, like literally that character that he created is so successful that they made a Broadway musical out of the School of Rock. Yeah. Where they're just imitating Jack Black. And when I went into this list, I was not planning on having two Jack Black movies on here. Yeah. But I'm telling you. We talked about Will Ferrell in Anchorman and how Ron Burgundy changed the landscape of American comedy should have been nominated for an Oscar for something like that. And I look back at 2003, like Sean Penn won for Mystic River, which is a great movie. Yeah. But I look at Jack Black and I don't think I've ever seen anybody embody a character in a comedy the way he does. It is just like the perfect role for his skill set. And he absolutely kills it in that movie. You know what? Normal kids would have been stoked to slack off. But not you guys, because you're not normal. You're special. And because I think you guys have the right attitude, I think it's time we started our new class project. A science project? No, it's called Rock Band. Is this a school project? Yes, and it's a requirement. And it may sound easy, but nothing could be harder. It will test your head and your mind and your brain, too. Will other schools be competing? You could say that. You could say that every school in the state will be competing for the top prize. What's the prize? A win will go on your permanent record. Hello, Harvard, yo. The thing is, we're not supposed to get started until next quarter, but I think we should get a leg up on the competition, don't you? I do. Who else wants to go for the gold? I do. I do. All right, but if anyone finds out what we're doing in here, we'll be disqualified. So let's just keep it on the down low, shall we? Can we tell our parents? No! Just trust me, they don't want to know anything about this. Keep it zipped. All right, you guys, let's kick it into overdrive. See, my, I thought about Jack Black in School of Rock. Yeah. My struggle with that movie is that it's not that funny. Like, like it's funny. It doesn't have laugh out loud moments. Yeah, it just, I, I remember thinking to myself, School of Rock is like, it's a decent movie, but it's not enough of anything to make me love that movie. And I literally almost, I was looking through a lot of lists of top comedies of the 2000s, and School of Rock was often in the top 10, 15 movies. Yeah. 
And I just always was like, and I've actually seen that movie enough times to possibly include it. I yeah. just didn't think it was that funny. See, that's one of those movies, and, and I think that's actually a good point, is that it might not have the laugh out loud moments of a hangover. Right. But when that movie's on TV, I stop what I'm doing and watch that movie because it's just so consistently entertaining. Hmm. And I think when I think of, you know, the American Film Institute's like right. 100 best movies, and I'm thinking like if they were going to put a movie on there, like what would I be proud to see on that list? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to put Anchorman on there. This is not going to happen. They're not putting, like, a Billy Madison, because that's not even a great movie. But I really do think School of Rock qualifies as a great comedy and a great movie. I can see that. And you come out of the theater, like, watching that movie, pumped. Yeah. The final song that they do, it's just an uplifting, funny movie. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I I have no regrets about putting it at number one. School of Rock. So there you have it, guys. Brad's number one is The Hangover. My number one is The School of Rock. But we want to hear from you. So give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. Our number is 216-800-5923. Or hit us up on social media. Brad, where can they find us? Instagram, at Film Whiskey. Uh, Twitter? At Film Whiskey. Oh, okay. And how about Facebook? At Film Whiskey. Oh, okay, great. They, so they if all you, have an E. They all have it. So if you know how to spell the word whiskey and you know how to spell the word film, yes. you should be pretty good. Yeah. Hit us up on social media. Give us a call. Let us know what is your top comedy since the year 2000. I'm Bob Book. I'm Brad G. And we'll see you next time on the Film and Whiskey Podcast. <laughs>